It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. I am your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network, and I have an incredible show for you today. Now, one thing that I've learned in my life is that when people show up in your life, you just trust that it's for a reason and that the person that's there, there's there's something that maybe you can't even see in that moment. And the guest that's on here today, I actually met her years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, and we reconnected at an event this past May. And I saw her and said, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you forever. And then we met at a coffee shop. And I had my love sweater on. If you're watching where you can actually see me, I have a red love sweater on. And my friend Janet, Janet Tingwald, who's here with us today as a guest, she has the same sweater on. So it's so cool. And I'm so excited to have (laughs) Janet here. Janet is a certified personal coach, but she really understands the essence of feminine, of, of love, of understanding how we can really create spaces in our lives where we set that aside, where we say it's about work or it's about moving forward or driving change when really we could easily miss the piece that makes us a woman. And so this show today is for all women and friends of women, (laughs) friends of women to really understand who we are and how we show up, not in a competitive way, but really embracing who we are. So Janet, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Kathleen, thank you for having me. It was such a treat. And I agree with you that there was a reason that we saw each other and ran into each other at that event in May. So, Absolutely. Yes. Things well, let's just for a reason. Yeah, 100%. And today, one of the things we're going to uncover are the three main mistakes that we as women make are continuously making. And I'm so excited to hear what they are. Yes, I'm really uh, looking forward to sharing those with you too. Beautiful. So before we dig into that, let's just get into a little bit of your past and how you got into the work that you're doing now. Oh, goodness. Um, How much time do we have? Um, (laughs) I've been actually coaching since 2000. So for a little over 21 years, start, I'll make that part brief, but started out working in um, corporations doing leadership development and team building. And in 2008, that um, started to change. You know, when a door closes, you got to look for what, what's the window. And for me, that was relationships and love. Um, and by that time, I had met, I had been divorced and five years later, met the love of my life. And I, I jokingly say that I have a PhD in doing it wrong. And I am now working on my master's and getting it right. It's been 13 years now that we've been together. So um, that was how I started to get into this work. Coaching uh, in general was a friend of mine read a book in um, like 1999 about up and coming careers in the new millennium and uh, coaching was one of them. And she said, this is you, you need to do it. Well, of course it wasn't my idea, so it couldn't be valid. So it took about five months for her to convince me I should look into it. And, you know, I've been doing it ever since. She was right. She was right. I have often found the the best things in my life were not my idea. Beautiful. Isn't that the truth? So tell me, 
what what does an engagement look like for you? Who are you working with? I am um, actually it's broadening and my my scope of work is morphing again, which it has through the 21 years. I work with women when it comes to love, women that want a deep connection with themselves and a man in their life. And I help to guide them through a process, whether it's finding love or enriching their relationship, or even working with a couple that wants to go from great to fabulous. It's all about really um, finding and keeping love and what that looks like. Got it. So do you see a lot of people that are focused on work or raising kids that then realize like even me i've been with my my husband since we got married in 2005 been together since 1998 and we've had lots of different iterations of our relationship especially in the season that we're in right now we've just been through well all of us have just been through COVID. is there anybody that hasn't had a stressful year right selling a business you all those different iterations what do you see that happens with relationships over time over time, because, uh, well, there's a couple of, there's, um, boy, that's a big, that's kind of a broad thing. Basically is they don't um, have a focus for we. They don't have, we are, since the 60s, 70s, we have been, um, the message has been to work on yourself and to be two independent eyes that are in a relationship together and that actually doesn't serve us. So it's really focusing back on what does a healthy we look like? What does interdependence look like? Because it is really okay to need somebody in a healthy way. And what does that mean? Sure. So what I hear you saying is that there absolutely gets to be the the I, but really the focus on the we component. And that's the one that's been missing. Yes, um, I actually read a book um, about a year ago that was, it was about dating, and the author was talking about one of the most difficult things and most impactful things was that we were in um, this I phase, and that we really needed to move back to we, and what the detriment that was to relationships, and in the coming decades, it was something that we would really need to work on. Now, the thing that was really interesting about this was the book was published in 1983. Hmm. And we're still doing it. Why do you think that is? Why, what, what's underneath that emphasis on the eye? Oh, gosh. Therapy, media, um, advertising, um, what we're told, society. It's our culture. It's literally our culture. It's slowly starting to turn, but it's, it, it's our culture. And it's really difficult to be in a we if, and I'm not, don't mean this in a blaming way, but if we keep walking around and going around saying, I don't need a man, it disempowers men. Um, and then they don't feel needed, which that's their primary focus is to be a protector provider in some way, shape or form. Um, then it's, it's hard to come together. It's hard to be in a we. So I find that as, I believe that women are uniquely positioned to lead at this time. And I believe there's several factors. I can go through them if you'd like, but several factors that indicate that it has become a woman's world. Maybe only 52%. 
but it has tipped. So there is an opportunity for us to become really conscious of what do we want to create from here? Yeah, I think what, what you're saying, the question that I have here is, what does it mean when you say maybe even 52%? Because we hear women's world and think women 100%, but I actually, I don't think that's what you're saying. No, yeah, I, I'm so not saying that there's not that? still some things to do, but we um, there's more women graduating from colleges and universities than men. There are more women in graduate programs than men. For the first time in COVID, it, with COVID, it took a dip. But for the first time in history, there were more women in the workforce than there were men. And women control, collectively control um, money, personal money. Now, yes, now maybe Bill Gates or some of the men individually, but collectively, most advertising is geared towards women because women have collectively have more money. Yeah, and the point that I hear you you saying there, it's not that women have all the money. That's not what we're saying, or what no. I hear you saying. Right. And will you will you define that difference? Uh, because you and I were at a we were at a meeting where it was we won't be satisfied until uh, women have a hundred percent of the money, or women, and that's not what you're saying. No, no, that is, um, what is that called? Um, there's a, there's a, a term for it that Warren Farrell uses in his books. Warren Farrell was originally part of the feminist movement and on boards and different things until he saw what was happening, um, to men and how they, the negative aspect and how they were becoming disempowered. So he started also wanting to educate people on cause and effect of the women's movement. So there is, there's different, three different types of feminism. Let me see if I can remember it. There's, there's the healthy one, the empowered feminist. There's the victim feminist. And then I believe it's called the toxic feminist that they, you know, going everything from, um, poor me, to we don't need men to exist, to how can we both come to the table? Hmm. And I believe that we need to have both voices at the table. Having nine Supreme Court justices that are all women, to me, isn't any better than having all men. We yeah. need both at the table. Yeah, I hear you. And and that understanding that piece is so critical to saying hmm. we're not, we're not, you know, this conversation isn't about how do we get nine women on the Supreme Court. It's how do no. we create that balance where both yes. men and women have a space? And as a mom yes. of three boys, I, this is this is so intriguing to me about where their space is and guiding them in this space. So tell me more. I, I'm really intrigued on the three mistakes that we're making. So let's dig into the first one. What's the first mistake that we as women are making? Well, one of the, the big, probably the biggest mistake, I'm just going to lead with that one, is that we're in man mode um, and we don't know it. And what that means is that when women came out in droves in the 60s and 70s and left the home and went to work, we stepped into a man's world, not right or wrong, not like they were doing it on purpose or anything. It's just, it, it, it was what it was. It's what men did. It's what they knew. And with us not knowing that there was a difference, we just stepped into that culture and we learned how to survive and thrive in that culture. 
in that way of doing things. Well, it's a man's way of doing things in a in um, that get well. We'll get into energy in just a second, and we didn't know that there was a difference. And so for years we have been doing that, and while we've done that, we've we did learn to survive and thrive, but not without some consequences, especially to our health is a big one. Heart disease has skyrocketed women, um, cancers, female cancers. And one of the biggest ones is adrenal fatigue. We hear about that a lot. Um, I've talked to a woman, uh, a friend of mine actually, that this summer she had a lot of stress in her life and she literally had a seizure and they couldn't find anything in her brain to say that oh now she has epilepsy or a seizure disorder it they literally decided it was from stress then i know another woman who was hospitalized um i saw another woman recently was talking about she went through it three times I myself in my late 30s, um, what they call adrenal fatigue is, um, the doctor told me that I exceeded the level of stress that my body could handle. And you basically, you, for me, I felt like a, a zombie. I didn't want to eat brains or anything, but um, you know, I, you just, you're just like numb. You're just, the, it's your lights off. You've just switched off. Your nervous system is short circuited. And it took, I didn't have the tools and the information that I do now. And it took a long time to recover a long time because I was still trying to, because in, oh gosh, giving away my age, uh, I was in my thirties in the early nineties. So, you know, I was still deep into man mode of still trying to thrive, which I did, but I had to do it differently because my body would go, no, I'm not doing that again. It seems like there's a big aha. I know for me and you and you and I've talked about that, that this man mode, I want to dig more into this. We're going to go on a quick break. And when okay. we get back, we're going to talk more about man mode and learn the two other mistakes that we're all making that yes. I have no idea the mistakes that I'm making. So I'm feverishly <laughs> taking notes over here. So enjoy this quick break. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership with my guest and friend, Janet Tingwald. We'll see you here in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to the Kathleen Recent Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And today, my guest and friend, Janet Tingwald, is here with me sharing about the three mistakes that we as women are making as we move forward in our lives, in our personal and professional careers. And this number one that she's just revealed is that a lot of us, we're in man mode and we don't even realize it. So, so Janet, tell me more. <laughs> uh, well, there are, we can go into a little bit of um, talking about energy. I, one of my certifications is I'm a licensed teacher for the art of feminine presence. And it's really about how to live your life and lead in your life from a feminine energy rather than a masculine energy. So let me explain that a little bit more. Uh, most of us have uh, know now that everything is energy, scientifically proven that everything is energy. Well, there is also a masculine energy and a feminine energy. We have both in our body, but most women, probably around 92%, when actually introduced to it, resonate more with the feminine energy. But oftentimes when we think of the word feminine, we don't have a good um, connotation about it. It's we, we don't put feminine and powerful together. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Yes, I didn't. Uh, I thought that was, that was weak. Um, and you know, all of these different words that I could think of, of, of what feminine means. Well, there, it's not about, um, how you look. It's not about what you wear. I like to wear dresses and makeup and heels and get my nails done. I like girly things, but that's not what it's about. Um, I have a good friend that she, she, her job is, um, outdoor adventure. So she's on mountain bikes and rafting and climbing mountains and all of these things she's not wearing frilly things but it's about your energy and it's about finding your power center which lives in your pelvic bowl so i help women to connect to that power center because it just when you do that even if you just put your focus down into your hips into your pelvic bowl and your feet on the floor your upper body relaxes so I found that one of the other mistakes is, is that we push too hard and we're competing. We're feminine. The power, real power in the feminine is receiving. And if we're always outside of our body and then we're creating, which isn't in itself bad, but it comes from first receiving. And in the last year, since I've really, I've been doing this for a couple of years, but in the, it, you know, it's a practice. It takes time. And I'm, I'm, I'm older and I've been doing it the other way for a long time. So it's taken me a while to change my swing, you know, um, is that I work less. I work, I don't work as hard. It's more fun. I make more money. I help more people um, by being in this mode of receiving. So not, so one of the, the, another problem or mistake that we make is we don't have the right mentors. Our mentors are teaching us what they know. And for many of us, we've had male mentors. Well, there, and that, I'm not saying that's, it's served a lot of us, 
to have male mentors, right? In a lot of different ways, but not in this piece. So if we're really going to change things, we're not going to do it from the masculine mode. That would just be a different side of the same coin. So what I'm saying is that there is a way to be powerful and feminine, which is easier on our bodies. It's more receptive. It's empathy. It's collaboration. It's more, um, it's more authentically what works for women. Sure. And so what's the first step that you see when you talk with somebody and you see that, well, let's, let's pause here for a second. Let me ask this question. How do you tell when you meet with somebody where that balance is? Um, there's actually, whether they want to be in their masculine or feminine, is that what you're asking? Where, whether they are. So when you're meeting with somebody and you see, can you just read that? How are you, how are you uh, articulating? A lot of times, where yes, they are? I, I can, because I find, I have learned that over time that my body is empathetic and I will be, and I have found that a lot of times when I, until I became conscious of it, that my body was reacting to yours. So a lot of women, masculine is more, um, their power center is still lower, but it comes out more, it comes out differently in the chest. So ready to guard, ready to protect, right? So it's more up in here and tense shoulders, things like that. And that's where I lived was always that way. My walk was very deliberate um, and I almost stomped. I've done that since I was a kid. And when I learned to shift my focus, to literally just shift my energy and get more into my hips, I walk differently. My body is more relaxed. My voice is lower. It slows down. Mm-hmm. And my upper body is relaxed. It's more fluid. Got it. So, so some, it, go ahead, keep going. So it, it's a matter of helping them to identify what's going on in their body giving, uh, helping them to then understand um, what the difference is, giving them a different focus, a different perspective that actually is more authentic, more grounded, and more powerful for women. So what's the question if somebody's listening and they're saying, gosh, you know, I I would like to be connected on a deeper level, whether they're in a relationship or not, what's the question that they're asking themselves right now or they get to ask themselves right now? Where it is that they feel the power, when they feel powerful, where is it they feel it in their body is a good start. Okay. When asked that question, even if I ask you that, where is it that you feel powerful? Where in your body, when you think of powerful, where do you feel it? Yeah. And so for me, if I answer that, it's higher up for sure. Right. Right. And mine was also now it's more in my hips. It's more of a grounded feeling, mm-hmm. which so, gives me more balance and authenticity. Yeah. And, and if there's so somebody that's saying, okay, so I, I get to make that shift, then now they're aware that it gets to happen. What's the next step? Oh gosh. Well, the training that I've taken and that I'm licensed in actually has 44 practices. So there's many steps <laughs> and it, it is a practice. So it's learning, um, 
one of the things that might be helpful um, as short term is just learning to be present in your body. So many of us can be, we've learned to be present in the moment. I'm here, I'm talking to you, but it's different if we bring our focus in and we're present in our body. It feels more contained. It feels, it really felt weird to me to begin with. Um, it felt like it was tense, but it, yet my body was not. But my focus is in my body and especially in my pelvic bowl. And I'm more grounded. I'm more present. Where I lived a lot in my head and out here just... So for you, what were some of the, with your training, you referenced some of your training. Mm -hmm. Where did you go for this? Where was that? Uh, um, my mentor, her name is Rachel Jane Gruber with the Awaken School uh, in Colorado. And so I've been taking her trainings and working with her and to perfect those and the support. And I'm in a community of other women that are also teachers. And we support each other in bringing this because it, it's, it's so important to our society, especially at this time. I'm excited about women leading. I, I believe it's time. I believe it's a fabulous thing. But as I said, if we don't do it differently, what's really going to change? Yeah. And at the same time, being a love coach, I see the impact on relationships. Do you find that people are open to these conversations? Most, yes. Um, most women are um, like blown away because we didn't we didn't know. A most a, a bigger percentage, much bigger percentage, have heard of masculine and feminine energy now, but they still don't understand it um, and where it is in their body and how do I use it and what do I do? And I teach also um, a meditation to just, and how, the biggest thing I think for women is how to receive mm -hmm. because we're so used to giving, 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 giving and being in receptive mode and what that means. And even rather than creating it, let life come to you. Absolutely. This is something that, and of course, as we said at the beginning of the show, everything happens for a reason. I was having a conversation with my husband and he says, remember, it's about we, and we're working together. Of course, those were the words that he would use because he was reminding me that Kathleen, you don't have to, you're not out on an island on your own. We're partnership together. And that's the, the conversation in my head. I've studied a ton on emotional intelligence and it's very easy for me to go into that. I am the, if it's to be, it's up to me. That's where yes. my training is. And it's very easy to take that literally instead of saying, yes, I am responsible and I am source for what I create and yes. I get to play team. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. It, it's a yes. And it's not an either, or it's not going back to being submissive. If you know me very well at all, you know, that's not going to work at my house. <laughs> it, it's just not my personality. Um, that still jumps out once in a while, but um, it, it's about how to be more in partnership, how to really move to the we. But also, one of the things that I work a lot with my women on is um, 
how to receive help, how to let a man protect and provide for you. You know, what, what, and that doesn't mean that you sit at home and eat bonbons because most men nowadays, what they, if they're a healthy man, what they really want is they want a strong, independent woman. They don't want to rescue us all the time, but they do want, they do want to be needed. It's just in the way they are built. They do want to be needed. And just real quick story. I took my grandchildren to Walmart on Saturday. Uh, 11 year old girl, eight year old girl and a four year old boy. And he is very busy, very, very busy. So uh, walking in, I told him that Nana really want, would needed him to be a gentleman for the ladies he was with. And he, he's like, no, I don't wanna do that. And I said, it would help me a great deal and I would really appreciate it. And he goes, okay. And he was just, it, so it's not what we say, it's how we say it. Mm -hmm. That I see it even in little boys, how they naturally want to do that. And men want to do that. So for sometimes, I know in my relationship, I had to get out of my head that it meant that I was incompetent or weak or there was something wrong with me if I let him carry the laundry down from our second story. Because it was like, well, I don't need him to carry that. Well, that wasn't the point. It was allowing him to do something for me and for me to appreciate that he wanted to help me. Yeah, the, the receiving is such a tricky, because it seems like, well, that who wouldn't want support? But there's a lot right. within our culture that we've created. So we're, we can dig into yes. this even more. We're going to go on another quick break. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership with my guest and friend, Janet Tingwald. And we'll be back here in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReason.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reason Show pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Today, we have been talking all about the three mistakes that we as strong, confident women are actually making that are stopping us in creating the, the love relationships that we want, the the well, really what we want. <laughs> Can we just sum it up like that? What we want. And so my friend and guest, Janet Tingwald has been here today. We've been talking for the last 30 minutes all about these challenges. And right before break, we were talking 
about why we have a hard time receiving as women. And so Janet, let's go into that a little bit deeper. So if as someone who this has been one of my stretch areas that I get to receive, it's almost like, well, if I just control it, I can receive it. It really, the, the aspect of surrender, that's it been is. a focus for two years for me. And uh, it's, it's getting easier <laughs> and it's a practice. It is. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Why is receiving so hard? Well, I think it's what you already said, Kathleen, in that it, it's not what we were taught. It's not how we were raised. We were, um, you know, in the eighties, the big thing was, um, bring home the, ba I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan and never let you forget you're a man. It was an Anjali perfume commercial. So that's what the expectation was set that we could be it all, do it all, all at the same time. And I have um, actually in a documentary on the history of women, um, oh, what is her name? Um, the big gal. Um, and I'm going to have somebody ring. Oh, no, he didn't. Thank you. Um, Gloria Steinem mm -hmm. was one of the major movers of creators of the feminist movement, right? And she said that we set women up to fail because the truth is we can't do it all at once. We can't do it all, all at once, not without a lot of help. But men already knew that. Men are single focused. Men know how to um, conserve their energy. So what they do and when they do it, where women, we don't, we don't have, no, we're not just multifocused. We don't have focus. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a diffused focus that we notice everything. So that's why when you, I don't know about you, Kathleen, but I have to be careful when I walk through my house, I've had to train myself not to pay attention to the pillows that are saying straighten me or the dishes that are saying wash me or any of those other things um, because we notice our environment. We're very, very aware of our environment in a way that men aren't. So that's a why they don't pick up their socks and they don't notice because they literally don't notice those things like we do. So I got off on a, on a tangent a little bit, but coming back to why we, we weren't trained to receive. We were trained to be um, the boss babe and go out and slay all day and create it. So as a, as a wife and mother of three boys, mm -hmm. I am surrounded by four strong men mm -hmm. and three of the four have that focus where if the socks are in front of them, they just don't see them. One yeah. of them does. One of them is a little more tuned to that, but the mm -hmm. other three, they just don't see them. And one of my biggest challenges was, is pay attention to the details there. It's right around you. And that's not their focus area. No. And I, I hear myself of the times that I've made them wrong for that of, why don't you see that? So tell me more about this. What's that behavior that's happening underneath that that's driving me at, oh my gosh, they're right there. How do you not see them? There is, um, there are five areas of the brain in women that are larger than men's. And one of them is um, empathy. Another one is um, 
consequences like worry, worrying a little bit. Um, so we, we do have, there is an energetic thing of just how we are wired, but there are little, literally some things about our brain that are different. There also is instinct. If you go back to instinct in that, um, you know, the things that I found out were so interesting of that men were very, they had become very focused because they're hunting. Hunt, 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 focus. Got to protect, got to provide their focus. Where women, because we were physically the weaker sex, and for the most part we are, it um, takes quite a bit to, even though you think you're really strong, men have 20 to 30 times the testosterone that we do. So even a frailer, smaller built man is still stronger than we are. The alcohol also can stay focused longer without effects on their body because focus takes a lot of testosterone. Where women, by instinct, our cave woman, our reptilian brain, we're looking at what's going to keep us safe. We still do that. Men don't think about their safety when they go out during the day, but we do. Do you think about where you park? Do you think about your surroundings? Do you think about even... Um, when you're going to run errands, the path that you're going to take that is makes the most sense. All of these sure. little things are safety things. Um, even if you're at a large event with, um, in the women's restroom has multiple stalls, most women given the opportunity will go back to the same stall every time. It's fascinating. Hmm. But there's things that we just do instinctually. So we are, um, and women adapt to men, and men react to women. So we have a tendency to, when you think back when you were dating, did you ever find yourself adapting or kind of morphing to, to kind of fit him? Gosh, that's been so long ago. <laughs> I was in high school, <laughs> but we'll go with yes. <laughs> that's been... yeah, it, it's, kind of, it's just kind of an instinctual thing that women do. And so when I work with single women, one of the things I help them get really clear on is boundaries and what they want for their life. So when they get pulled into that part and their instinct is to adapt, that they, they have good parameters and good pillars in their life of, no, this is what I want for my life. Because otherwise we would adapt and because we didn't know any better. And then, you know, 10 years later, we're like, I hate my life. This isn't what I wanted. Because we didn't have the clarity and we didn't, we didn't know where men are reacting to us. And so when we say things to them that we think, um, are putting them in their place, making them wrong and react in a negative way. Well, they do they react. And so their instinct is to defend. And when they're defending, they can't protect and provide for us. So Does you broke sense? up just a little, and I'm going to reiterate what I heard there was that, that when men there, when they defend, it shifts their pattern. Can you can you reiterate that? Yes, I can. When men react to us, so if we are quote putting them in their place or um, doing things that emasculate or disempower them, 
they then have they then go into defending themselves when they're in that mode remember they're single focus they cannot protect and provide for you got it so they're constantly shifting back and forth which would be exhausting for them well it not it is not only exhausting for them but most so many men nowadays they run around in defensive mode what would that they, look like um well, here's an example. I know a um, a younger man that owns a, a few bars in De- Des Moines. And he said 10, 15 years ago um, that if a woman was overserved or having a problem, men would, young men would step up and would help her. And he said, I would guarantee you that 98% of the time it was on the up and up. He said, today, they won't go near her. And then we as women wonder why would no one support us? Why would yes. we be why would we be on our own? Yeah. Yes. I hear yes. that same thing in the executive ranks too, where if a man would normally mentor anyone under them, a male or female, that now they would not mentor a female, not because they don't want to, but because they're so afraid of yes. saying or doing something that would be considered offensive that yes. they just don't do that. And it's robbing. Uh yes women are losing on that opportunity because the men are in defensive mode. So what do we yes. do about this? Oh, goodness. Um, well, the first thing is awareness, right? The first thing is awareness that we really actually have more power than we think we do. We It really has become a woman's world. So sometimes just owning that, that, wow, look how far we've come. And what power do we have? And then what do we want to create? How, how much more powerful, not only our world in general, but our families and our relationships would that be if we learn how to truly be a partner with a man? Mm-hmm. And I know women say, well, that's exactly what I want. But again, we can't do that from man mode. The men that are, the other thing that's happening is men are getting more um, in the mass. They're not being in their masculine. I hear a lot of complaints from wives that they're not, that where, where did he go? He's just like a roommate now. Well, they shut off their masculine because it's been criminalized. They've been told they've been wrong for decades now. And so they've shut off that masculine energy and they're just in neutral. Well, there's nothing to be attracted to. Who are the men that we're attracted to? We're attracted to, oh my gosh, Rip on Yellowstone. Women just go crazy for him, right? Why is that? Because he's rugged. Because he's masculine. Jason Momoa, why do we like him? He's really masculine, right? But yet we are unknowingly stripping that from men and making them wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an instinct with women. This I didn't fully answer the question before. With women, we are born with this thing that is um, our critiquing center in our brain is more alert. It's bigger than men's. So that's why we have to fluff everything and fix everything. And that's why we, you know... 
even if we don't say it, we're thinking, oh my gosh, does she know how fat she looks in those pants or, you know, <laughs> judgment. She, shouldn't, oh. she shouldn't have worn that, you know, judgment, judgment, judgment. Women instinctually do that. Um, it's been coined um, by Alison Armstrong as the perfect woman. So without this knowledge that we're doing this, we're all trying to live up to the perfect woman, which we can't. But now we are looking at men through this lens and, and we see them as a hairy woman and we expect him to live up to the perfect woman. And they can't, we can't do it, let alone them. They're not even women. Yeah. A, a real good um, thing, a little short story on that was uh, I really don't like clutter, especially on the kitchen island. But when life gets really busy, sometimes it gets really cluttered. Well, one day I walked in there and it caught my eye and I'm like, oh my gosh, Bruce, you've got so much stuff on here, blah, 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 blah. I'm blaming him, right? I started picking it up, cleaning it up, and probably 85% of it was mine. But I had thrown him under the bus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Our minds are tricky places to live. They are. They are. And the, just the, the little things that we do that disempower them, um, they think differently than we do in a more linear pattern where women, we talk most, not all, but most women talk faster and we, you know, we say so many words, more words than they do, you know, tens of thousands of more words than they do uh, in a day. Um, but we interrupt them. And what that looks like, because I'm, I'm classic, I am textbook of it, is that I would ask you a question. And so then men go into their hard drive and they go to retrieve that file. Well, I think you didn't understand me, so I'm going to be helpful and I'm going to ask it in a different way. So now we have to put that file away and they go back and they start to get a different file to answer that question. Well, by now I'm getting frustrated and so, well, I really need to help you. So now I'm going to give you multiple choice answers for you to choose from. And by this point, my husband is going, just let me answer. Mm-hmm. Can you relate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that's very frustrating to them. And so they tend to get frustrated that because we don't know any better. But we think, oh, my gosh, can't come on, answer the question, answer the question. <laughs> you know, yeah. aren't you getting it? Um, and then again, they're disempowered, they're made wrong. And so they start to just shut down. Yeah, and that's, I, I, I see this. I totally see this. I could share story after story of, of conversations that we've had. We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're just, we're going to wrap, we're going to go through all this because there's so much stuff that we've covered. So you are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Stay tuned. There's more. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. For the past 45 minutes, we've been talking with my guest and friend, Janet Tingwald, all about how we as women are, are really sabotaging ourselves in some key areas to creating the love that we want, the life that we want, the, the work around us, just the, the, the being that we want in this world. Mm-hmm. And so, Janet, what I've heard you say is, one, we're in man mode. And the man yes. mode doesn't work for us. And, and two, yeah. we are we're pushing so hard and we don't have to, we get to stop and receive. No. And really our relationship with, with men get to shift. And it's not that we're saying that women get to rule the world. It's that women and men get to coexist in this we fashion. And as culture, yes. we've driven that out. And really the, the last piece is that these, the mentors, the people that we look to, traditionally those have been men. And so we're reiterating this process. This, this just keeps repeating itself. And now it's yes. time to pause, mm-hmm. breathe from the pelvic bone, not up in our chest, and really think about how we want to show up. So if anybody's been listening and they say, wow, what, this resonated, I hear this, how did I get a hold of you? Well, one of the things that I decided to do is um, they can always email me. I just make it easy, JanetTingwald at gmail.com. And they can go to, I have a private Facebook group just for women where we can talk about this stuff at, that's called RelateDateAndMate.com. But I also thought, why not offer a free class where they can come and experience this? So I'm going to offer that on October 7th. I can um, get a link out for that. I've got a link for that. That it's a free class for 90 minutes that you can come and what is this anyway? And how is this going to change my life? I've had women that um, were married, that it has changed their relationship with their husband, just a 180. I had a single gal that not only did she meet a man within 30 days? Well, three, no, within three months of working together, she met a man, but she also went from working for a company to being a partner in that company in that same time Mm -hmm. and really learning to receive. But the thing that my clients say across the board and what's what I tell them is, and they say, they say it back to me, I've been working way too hard. Because we do, we work way too hard. Letting letting men truly be our partners. We um, the other th- one other thing about women, and we do this. Somebody will say, "Oh my gosh, the week I had," and blah 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 blah. And another one inevitably will say, "Oh my gosh, you should hear my week." And we do this almost naturally. We just do it now. Na- I catch myself doing it and one upping us of how hard we have it and what we do and. We really don't have to do that. There is help out there. There is support out there. There are good men out there. Part of it is learning to lead. And women's turf, love is women's turf. It it is. Whosever primary turf it is, it's that person's responsibility to create safety in the relationship. And love is a woman's turf. So a man may lead the pursuit, protect and provide, but we lead the emotions because it's more our will. It's not that men don't have emotions. They absolutely do. 
And when we can open up our vulnerability, it gives them more permission to connect to their vulnerability. Got so those it. are all of those things that uh, I teach and that I work with and I'll introduce in, in the class. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and then I talk about in my Facebook group. Yeah, and so send the, we'll put the links in the show notes so that people can see those as well. And if you're listening, so the Inspired Choices Network, if you go to all the details there, inspiredchoicesnetwork.com, you can look me up as the host, Kathleen Reeson, because people listen in so many different ways can access this show. So it's in the show notes with the information. Janet, I, I thank you so much for being on here today and just sharing what we're up to it and, and what's really what we get to do to create what we want and not even doing, it's really about how we're showing up as our being. We're talking about a much different yes. level now. Yes, yes, much different level. It's time for our society to shift. And it the part that we need to shift in is emotional. And we are, it's not men have emotions, but it's in how we lead. It's in how we lead them to their emotions. And you know, if you wanna be in charge, there's a responsibility to that. Sure. Well, I've learned a lot today and I'm so thankful that you were, are here and you're sharing your knowledge. So thank you, Janet. Thank you for being mm -hmm. here and being with us today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. And next thank week you so on much this. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Next week on this show, we are going to have Jesse Cole, who's the owner of Savannah Bananas. If you've never heard of this team, go mm -hmm. check it out. They are a baseball team out of Savannah, Georgia. This guy, he owns seven yellow tuxes. So it's really fascinating how he's how he chooses, chooses to show up in the world. But he says, like what Janet's saying, he says, until you find what is authentically you, that that's that's your job. It's to figure out what is authentically you. And when he figured out that the Savannah Bananas, he got to have fun. Because when we go to a baseball game, we don't want to wait. And maybe in the sixth inning or seventh inning, something will happen. We're actually going to create it. So he's totally changed how he runs his business is plural because they actually just bought another team, how they run it, then, then that's why people come. And so as, as Janet's saying, once you figure that out, people flock to you. That's what Jesse's figured out. And so it's really mm -hmm. cool. We're going to actually have a show next week that kind of tailors off of a piece of what we've been talking about. So Janet, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your mm -hmm. wisdom with the world. And for everybody that's listening, know that if you heard today what anything where you said, huh, something, something's going on here. Get a hold of Janet, reach out to me. I'll connect you, but know that we get the choice of how we show up. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reeson show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.